Hello everyone out there. This is Peter Harris from Commercial Property Advisors, author of the book, Commercial Real Estate Investing for Dummies, and coach and mentor to many commercial real estate investors all across this great nation of ours. The title and subject of today's podcast is, Is There Money to Be Made Investing in Rural Communities Like Farmland USA? Is it a good idea to buy apartments near a farm? The answer is yes, and I have proof. But let me share with you the number one reason why to invest in rural communities. It's because of a lack of competition. You see, these owners of apartment buildings and mobile home parks and storage units are not getting bombarded by agents or by investors to buy their property. So guess what? You can easily create exceptional relationships with these guys. And you guys know me, commercial real estate is a relationship-based business. Always will be. So the better the relationship, the deeper the relationship is with the owner, the better the deal you can create. Here's the evidence. Evidence of that is creative financing is possible. Nearly all of our deals in these areas had some component of creativity. And because of that, we're able to get greater return, higher cash and cash, and more cash flow because of the lack of competition. Now, I have proof I'm going to share with you. And your proof is one of our students. His name is Ray. He's a farmer. Let's talk about his deal for a second. So we have our student, Ray. He's a farmer. He uh, raises chicken, turkeys, um, uh, purple, uh, whole peas, pigs, and eggs. So great farmer, beautiful wife. Uh, she's such a great helper to him. Awesome people. They bought a 12-unit uh, recently for $500,000. Now the question is why? So why did Ray and his wife want to invest in commercial? The reason why is they, have, in years past, they've been investing in residential real estate, buying single-family homes as rentals. It was taking them too long to get any glimpse of financial freedom. So they decided to jump into commercial real estate. That's where they met us, and that's how we helped them purchase uh, this property. Financing. So uh, Ray's uh, deal. Financing was awesome. What he did was Ray didn't have uh, a whole bunch of money to put as a down payment. He had single family homes with equity. So he used the equity as collateral for the down payment. Secondly, we got the owner to carry a second mortgage for us. So Ray came out of pocket 10, 11, 12% as a down payment. The rest of it was secured as collateral by his property and the seller carry second. And the numbers were phenomenal. So the reason why I bring up this is because I could do another video that to do creative financing like this, you need deals that have a great story. Lenders love great stories. And it's easier to develop great stories when you have a lack of competition and you have, a, you have great relationships with the seller. Got it? Understood? Relationship-based business. All right. Now, did Ray have any concerns about the property being in Farmland USA? Of course, you should too. There are many pitfalls to investing in these types of areas. The population of his town where he bought the property was about 25,000 people. So that's a concern for many of us. Now, as we went through the deal to mitigate some of the concerns, here's what we did. Number one was we made sure we had strong property management. So his property management is strong, right? He'll talk about that in the video. Number two, we had strong radial population. What is radial population? So radial means there, there's a, the property's here and there's a radius around the property 
what is the population in a circle 15, 20, 30, hour and a half out? What's the population? In his case, it was hundreds of thousands of people. So that's great. So small towns supported by the big cities. That's where you want to be if you're going to invest in a rural community. Strong job growth. We understood the demographics, who the renters are, and primarily where they worked. Really important when you invest in a rural community. All right, so now what I want to do is I'm going to share a clip of the interview I did with Ray so he can share his deal and he'll give us some tips of how he did it and how you can do it also. When we come back, I'm going to share with you a couple of pitfalls, right, of investing in rural communities and also I will give you a solid foundation of how to be an expert in any area that you consider uh, going to. Hello, everyone. Hey, I have a treat for you today. I have uh, Ray Curtis with us. He just closed a deal somewhere way out there in a in rural community, and he loves the deal, and he's a brave guy, but did an awesome deal. So, uh, Ray, I just want to thank you for, for sharing your story with us uh, this morning. We really appreciate it. These stories are so inspirational to everyone out there. So, thank you so much this morning for joining us. Well, I'm happy to be here and happy to share my story. Okay, great. Well, could you share um, something about yourself, Ray? Well, you own a farm, and uh, uh, that's the that's a very interesting thing about you. So, share us something about yourself and why you got into the commercial real estate business, how you found us, you know, things like that. Well, it's um, it's been an interesting journey for sure. We have moved out into a rural area. We came out because we were commercial beekeepers, mm -hmm. and uh, we had bees that traveled all over the country and making honey, and we were doing well with that business and working on expanding it. After we had moved out here, we uh, expanded into other areas on our property and started doing more farming and raising of animals and crops and things like that. And then our bee industry had a, a major problem. We had an infestation of a what they call a small hive beetle, and it took out about 95% of all of our hives. Wow. So that left us in a very, very tough spot. And in the meantime, you know, we want to have um, expanded as many, many different directions for um, future income um, besides our employment, which we know nobody ever makes it rich by working for somebody else. So we had started doing some investing on um, single family properties. And we had had about three or four of those here. And we found that as just, you know, we looked at each other one day and said, this, this is just going too slow. I think we need to get some help and some mentorship to work on maybe something commercial. Um, we had talked to some other folks who were doing the same thing and they were having some struggles. So I thought, I, I can't afford to make mistakes at this point in, in our lives. Mm -hmm. Let's get someone who really knows what they're doing and help us along and help us to avoid the pitfalls. So that's when I started looking around. And as soon as I started putting in investors and, and investing help, your videos started popping up. So we started watching those and I thought, well, I feel very comfortable with your presentation and your education that you were giving just out there for free. And we really, really appreciated that. So that's when we decided to call you and see if we could become a part of your program. And we jumped right in and we have been working on it ever since. Our little farm is doing pretty well. We'd sell probably, I would say 50% of our um, agricultural products from the farm at the local farmer's market. And so we sell those at, at the market as well as our eggs. And it's, it's going very well, but it's something that is still on a 
what I would term a hobby level because it's not going to support us long term, but uh, it's it's something that we certainly enjoy and uh, want to be able to have the funds to support us while we're developing it. That's great. Ray, what type of animals do you have on your farm? I'm just curious. Um, we have several different types of chicken. We have raised turkeys. We are uh, raising a couple of pigs. We have talked about raising some rabbit, but uh, we haven't got to that point yet. We are looking to expand some of those, those little animal projects. All right. Thanks for sharing that, Ray, uh, all about yourself. This awesome. Let's jump straight into the real estate. So what did you buy and uh, why did you buy it? Well, um, we had followed your instruction on how to, to locate properties and uh, followed that along and had been doing it for a while with little success, but not a real strong candidate. We finally got this response from a local uh, owner. I called him up. And one of the things that I find really positive for me in a rural area is people are very open, very willing to talk, very personable, mm-hmm. and they're easy to relate to. Mm-hmm. So when we first started talking, we got together and met over coffee and had a little chat. And I found out some more about his property, found out more about what he's thinking about getting from his property, why he wants to sell, finding out what what is what he's all about and what drives him at this point into this deal. So that kind of is how it, it started and developed from there. Um, it's a 12 unit complex and it's kind of a, a mix of three buildings. It's a, an eight unit apartment building and two duplex buildings. Hmm. And they're all right on this little property tucked away in a nice little established um, residential area. So not a lot of people know about it, but I think that's part of its attraction. If people like to be in a place that's a little bit secluded, but still close by to everything. So we started looking at that and established that he uh, at first wanted about $600,000 for it. And I took a look at his numbers and found that uh, from what I calculated and talked to you about, uh, it's probably not quite there yet. So I made him an offer and we agreed on a price of $500,000. You got a $100,000 discount off the asking price. Right, right. Good job. And then uh, from there, we go back in and we start looking at the property a little bit closer. We get him under contract and then we can get our inspector in there, find that we we need some roofs and that we have a couple of uh, upper level balconies, four of them that need to be replaced. So I went back to the owner and I said, here's, here's what we're finding. How can we work on this together? And he said, well, at first he was kind of a gruff and all, oh, I'm not giving you any more. I've given you a hundred thousand dollars. What do you want? <laughs> and uh, so I said, okay, well, let me think about how we can approach this. So you always want to kind of back up, regroup, reassess and go back in with another, another option. So, um, I, from our initial contract contact and conversation, I know that he is a, a contractor and a builder and he built these properties. So I went back to him and I said, um, I know that you built these properties and I know that you have a lot of pride in them. Would you be willing to help us out as a contractor for us after we close the deal? Oh, he said, that would be awesome. And I told him what my um, estimated price on the roof was. I said, I've got an $18,000 bill coming to me. He goes, oh, you're not paying that much. So he came back 
with his offer and his ability to get discount rates on materials and provide the his labor and his crew at a much reduced price. Yeah. So again, he is willing to help us out dealing with the pride of his previous ownership. So that was very helpful. And uh, so we're moving forward on that. And it's really a good relationship that I see having with this man in our town for a long time to come. That's great. So stop there for a second. So I always say that commercial real estate, when you negotiate, it's a game of chess. And, you know, you make a move, he makes a move. And the person in chess wins when you can predict two or three moves ahead. So you played that beautifully. Right. So, So good job there. Okay, continue, please. So there's even more (laughs) Um, as we're working with our our lender. And like I said, we had a few um, single family residents in our portfolio that we had already financed with our, our local lender. So we went to them directly and talked about lending on this property again, since it's in our, our same town, they were willing to work with us. Um, however, they wanted, you know, a certain amount of, of our skin in the game, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So we did not have all of the down payment ready to go. We talked to the lender and they said, no, and I brought up, well, we've, we've done business with you before and we've got a good record. We've got excellent credit. We've got a lot of good things going for us. And we agree that this is a good deal. And they said, well, let's look at it again. So they They came back and they said, we can um, credit you for your equity in the properties that we already have loaned to you on. Hmm. So we were able to transfer that without any cash actually transferring, but credit for the equity in our deal there. We still had to come up with a little bit more money. So then I backed up again and Gail and I said, what do we do now? And I think it was Gail who came up and said, you know, I've heard Peter talk about doing some of the other creative financing. So um, we had talked to you about, is this a possible where we can get the owner to carry a second? He said, absolutely, go ask him. So that's the only way you find out is by asking. So I went back to the owner and I said, you know, I really, really want to get this deal done. I know you do. And here's what my sticking point is with our lender. And I told him about the idea of him just carrying a second. I said, I'll pay you the the interest rate that we agree on um, during this period of time while I'm uh, improving the property. And then we'll pay you off completely within a couple of years. And he, he said, oh, that's a great idea. I'll be happy to do that. So again, we go back and reassess and go back in with a new idea. And the new idea worked for us. So we are now all set on the lending. We are all set on the on the major rehabs and and it looks like a really good deal is is coming to fruition. So we were able to close within, uh, it was a little bit more than 30 days and are still working with the previous owner about getting things done and how he built it and asking questions as we find out what, you know, we we get more detail as we get further into the the property. Great, great. All right, and uh, so you end up closing a deal. So my question, Ray is you're way out in the country. You're you're considered a rural area, and uh, how do you feel about that? I you know back when you know several months ago you brought the deal for it. I googled the address and it ended up being a population of the city only twenty five thousand. And I know to many people out there they would be maybe concerned about such a small population, like maybe not having enough people to rent your apartments. But you have overcome all that. You researched all that, so. Explain uh, why do you feel comfortable investing in a rural area 
with only a population of 25,000. We, we had to do our homework for sure. And another aspect of this deal was this, since, since this is our first commercial deal, we are building our team as we go through. So having to find a property manager in a small town was a challenge. Mm-hmm. We finally found this, this lady that's working with us now, and she's been fantastic. She has just been so helpful. She has helped us with, okay, here's how many apartments are in this town. This is what they're running for. This is the turnover. She just had a wealth of mm-hmm. uh, market knowledge that we were having trouble accessing on our own. We know that there is a couple of other employers that are moving into town. So we know that employment should be improving. The employment picture has been pretty good lately until COVID came in, of course. But the employment picture has been pretty positive in our area and surrounding areas. We have a a city of 100,000 within a half an hour. We have another city of uh, 120,000 within 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. So taking into consideration all of those workings of people are willing to make a half hour to 45 minute drive for a more lucrative employment, or they're willing to stay close to home and work on things like their own farm, their own business here in town. And a small town has an awful lot of small businesses that are run by families. So we learn to take that into account and know that the historical rental rate is available to us now through our PM and find that it was a very viable deal and we should have no problem keeping this thing full once we get it you know, stood up and back to market rates. Okay. So two questions. One question, uh, have you been affected by COVID? Very little. We have had one, one tenant in our single family homes that has Um, claimed a COVID exemption and hasn't been paying. They have recently in the last month started paying again and they're starting to catch up. Okay, great. Any COVID disruptions in your 12 units so far? None. Okay. Okay, great. Not a single one. Great. The uh, uh, second to the last question would be, Ray, what are one or two tips that you can share with all of us out there for a beginning investor, just like you and your wife were, of, of getting started but not only getting started, but getting a deal done. So can you share a couple of tips there? I think the most important thing is to have a good mentor and to be able to use and access that mentor and lean on their knowledge and their experience and follow through with that. And I think that's the other key is to follow through. There's going to be, there's going to be times of discouragement. There's going to be times when, oh man, this, we're, we're so close and this deal looks like it might just blow up. You have to keep on going. You have to, okay, now back up a little bit. Let's try this. You have to keep trying. You have to keep adjusting. You have to keep flexing as the deal grows, as the deal emerges to your whole vision, because it's not the way it looks when you first get an owner on the line. It will evolve. So you have to be able to evolve your thought process with how the deal is flowing and with how you learn that seller's viewpoint as well. So you want to be able to not get stuck on it's not working the way it's supposed to work. Mm -hmm. It's working the way it's supposed to work. You have to allow that to happen Mm -hmm. and work with it. So stick in. So stick in there is what I'm saying is, is never give up, never, never give up. There's always a way to make it work. All right. You have a second tip or is that your main tip? 
I think that's my main tip is just okay. never, never give up and keep on and keep on making those relationships. Mm. Um, another one of your favorite uh, sayings is this business is all about relationships. It's a people mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. So we have met a lot of people and we are building those relationships and we are uh, finding that people are welcoming us into the fold of commercial real estate. So it's a, it's been a very positive experience for us. Um, trying at moments, but very positive for us. So okay. keep on keeping on, make those contacts, pick up the phone and call somebody when you need to. Um, and don't ever feel like you're alone. Yeah, that's great. Okay, right. So uh, last question. Thank you so much. Uh, you and your wife, what are your, what are your plans? Where do, you, where do you go from here? Obviously, you know, us three, we're meeting with you once a month to kind of go over cash flow statements and help you grow the business. But what are your plans? Share with the audience. Where are you guys going next? Well, we um, are still wanting to grow our, our portfolio. We want to buy more properties. I, at least I feel this way. After having worked for a while to get my first deal done, and even worked a long time to get the first deal going, um, it's like pushing a snowball uphill. Pushing a snowball up the hill, and finally it goes over the top, and now things start rolling on their own. Um, we have had several calls back from other owners who are now interested in considering selling to us mm. that we had kind of written off and weren't, weren't there. We're going back and recontacting people that we had talked to before to just, again, build that relationship, but to reiterate our interest in their property. So we're finding other avenues. We um, have followed through on, on all of your tips as much as we could. I have brokers that call me and send me emails about properties that I might be interested in. Um, the gears are starting to mesh for it. So we'll be talking to you soon about some other possibilities. Okay, great, great. You mentioned one thing about a week and a half ago is that once you close your first deal, it's like the floodgates open and now many opportunities right. are coming your way because you got over the hump of the first deal, right? Right, mm -hmm. right. That's exactly right. That's exactly how it feels. Yep. I don't know, you know, that happens to a lot of our students and I can't explain why, but it's, it's the hump of the first deal. Once you get over the hump, I'm not going to say it's easier, but the opportunities do flow open. It's like you're telling, you know, the, the universe, right? I'm, I can do this now and more stuff comes in. Right. You're right. I'm open for business and that message is out there. I think. <laughs> great. Great. All right, Ray. Hey, great. So thank you so much for uh, taking your time today, sharing your story. Really appreciate it. And I'm sure everyone out there also appreciates it. All right. Thank you, Peter. All right. Welcome back. Wasn't that a wonderful interview? Isn't Ray awesome? And don't forget behind Ray, there is a awesome wife, the helper. So this will not be uh, possible without her. So, uh, so you know who you are. So thank you so much for helping out your husband. So now what I want to do here is I'm going to share with you, if you wanted to invest in a rural area, what's the one pitfall you have to be mindful of? Okay. And the pitfall is lack of data. Okay. There's lack of data because there, it's, it's out in farmland and a lot of the uh, data miners don't have information on those places. And also there aren't a lot of closed transactions in those areas. So there's a lack of data. Here's the data that you need though to make a decision if you want to invest in a deal or not. So you need to know, uh, you need to have jobs data. You need population data, population trend. 
And you need to have an understanding of the infrastructure. Are the roads going to the apartment building or the, the, the RV bookstores? Are the roads uh, available, right? Is, is there uh, adequate infrastructure in terms of utilities available to support uh, that area? You have to know that. I want to give you a, a couple of websites to just begin to look at those areas. Number one is take a look at datausa.io. Okay, we love that site. All of our students use that site when when we're determining what areas we want to invest in. And the second one is a pretty popular website called city-data.com. Very useful and it covers all of the U.S. A lot of information there. So take a look at those two websites. Okay, so the last thing I want to do today is share with you how you can successfully or properly select a rural location and uh, and know what you're buying and to make a good decision. First of all, uh, rural is a sub-market. A sub-market is a neighborhood like downtown, the suburbs, uptown. So rural is a sub-market. In this case, it's the farmland, it's the countryside. And here's the thing, you must know your sub-market well. You must know the demographics of your sub-market. You must know these three things. You need to run sales comparables. You need to know what things are selling for in and around those areas. If the areas like raised, you know, way out in the boondocks, we couldn't find immediate sales comparables in the area. So we have to go a little further outside to get sales uh, data so we can make, make sure we're buying at the right level. Number two, rent comparables. We need to know what the one bedrooms and raised case the two bedrooms are renting for so that we know where we stand in the marketplace. If we were to renovate something, how much more can we raise the rents to? So rent comparables. Uh, sub-market cap rate. So you need to understand the sub-market cap rate so you can put, uh, place a proper value on the property. So am I overpaying? Am I underpaying? If you know the sub-market cap rate and the sales comparables, you know if you're overpaying or if you're getting a good deal. The last thing is you need a team. Uh, Ray had a great team. It was he and his wife. He employed us as his mentor to help him uh, start the business. And he has an awesome property manager and he has an awesome maintenance uh, crew. So awesome team to be successful.